0: Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hello, everyone. How are you? Happy Labor Day weekend if you're in America. I'm sure you guys can tell this podcast has been quite hard for me to record during this summer. Not only do I just not care about Teen Mom OG, I've had a busy summer. I've been out of town most weekends and, you know, I'm just on the move. I'm going out of town this weekend. I had a bunch of tie-dyeing to do. By the way, go to my Instagram account if you want to buy a tie-dye t-shirt. I have a bunch up there right now. I mean, it's Thursday, but I'll probably still have some left and please feel free to buy one for me. I'm selling them $20 shipped in the United States, which is a reasonable price. Or if, you know, if you're like on the low broke, and you want to make me an offer? Like, make me an offer, sis. Like, so that's my tie dye journey for now. But this week's episode, look, I I didn't watch the finale. <laughs> there was no new episode because of the VMAs, in which Kale and Leah wore pretty crazy outfits. So I decided to do something a little different. Uh, I went on my my Instagram feathers underscore pod, and I asked people to leave me a message about Teen Mom about the world I figured I would like recap the finale and then answer the questions and then I got like a ton of questions that are good questions that would basically fill an episode and then today I'll hell broke loose with Janelle so I'm going to talk about this crazy Janelle drama as I said guys I'm recording this Thursday and I will be sending this to Nicole my editor Friday I is my plan to send it tomorrow night so I'm assuming this Janelle stuff is going to be ongoing. I don't really have any intentions to update it if something happens uh, because I'm going to be out of town, but I don't, I don't know. Also, have a bonus episode coming out on Monday. Uh, if you sign up for the $5 level on the Patreon, which is the Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon, you can get bonus episodes. Princess did one this week. I did one last week? Didn't I do one last week? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember the last bonus episode I did before this. I don't know, guys. I can't remember. But I do have one coming out this week. I guess I didn't do one last week. I'm really losing my mind. I have one coming out this week on Monday. So that's tomorrow when you're listening to this on Jason from the Hills and why I think he's like a total fucking scammer. Just like number one Number one all-time scammer. Um, I just rant about the recovery industry and Jason, and you'll definitely want to hear it because I have a lot to fucking say on it. Okay. Oh, God. Let's get into the drama. So where should we start? Basically, yesterday. Yesterday? Yesterday. Wednesday. It came out that David's ex-girlfriend? what I don't think they were married. His ex-girlfriend, Olivia mother of Caden, who we've definitely talked about before. Caden is the son that he's not really allowed to see. Olivia is the one that he's had a, that's had a, did you just hear that whistle? That's had a restraining order against him in the past. Uh, So there's always been a lot of drama surrounding Olivia. Olivia posted via her Facebook um, a GoFundMe account for legal fees She's claimed that in the last five years, basically Kaden's whole life, she spent upwards of $50,000 uh, trying to protect Kaden, and then she started a GoFundMe asking for $5,000. The original post had um, a lot of specific information about, like, well, my ex is David Eason and his wife is Janelle Evans from Teen Mom 2. I believe she eventually had to take that down because you're not allowed to use GoFundMe like that. But, of course, as one would expect, it raised a lot of money. Let me see if I can um, find what the total is at right now. She was originally asking for $5,000 and she's raised uh, $5,570, which is, I mean, look. Okay, how do I feel about this? On one hand, I feel like you might as well engage the wrath of this crazy, fan base and let them funnel their hatred of Janelle and David towards you. Um, I'm not sure if I believe that she spent $50,000 on legal fees considering they live in rural North, North Carolina. And I'm, I am not sure a family law attorney in that area would make that amount of money, but it's definitely possible. Don't get me wrong. It's possible. I mean, to see a lot of family law attorneys, you need to pay $5,000 essentially before they'll do anything for you. So it's definitely possible she spent $50,000. I don't know. She didn't post receipts, but I guess we have no, no reason not to trust her. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I just opened my Instagram to go back to read some of the posts for uh what Janelle and David responded with. And a question popped up on the question mark one, which was, does anyone you work with listen to Feathers in My Hair, which is very funny. No, absolutely not. God forbid. God forbid. Okay. So Olivia and David started, or excuse me, Olivia started this. A ton of people have donated in small amounts using stupid names. I'm sorry. Most of them are not funny. Like, it's just not funny. Like one, I saw a really horrific one. Oh, I saved this because this is my thing. Like, I question the motives of someone who will accept money from a person who... Because on GoFundMe, you can call your name, whatever you want it to be. Um, I, you know, I question a person's motives who will accept money from a person who donates under the name. My dad beat me till I got a flat head and then refused to get me a helmet. Need helmet ASAP. Love flatheaded Ensley. And the comment was... The land is my home and abuse is my environment. Please save me as well while you're at it. Thank you, Ensley. You know, that person donated $5. Like, that's sick. I personally would, like, refund that money if I was Olivia. Like, I wouldn't want anything to do with that. A lot of it is, like, Janelle's verse B flats. Like, Janelle's big chin. It's very body shaming in the way that making fun of Janelle always goes to. This is my problem with a lot of, like, the hater, the hatters, if you will. It's a lot of lowest common denominator people and a lot of lowest common denominator jokes and a lot of lowest common denominator everything. And most of, like, people are laughing so hard at these names. And, like, if you are, like, fine. We just have different, we have different senses of humor. But, like, I don't think it's funny to, like, donate money to Olivia under the name, like, Janelle's Roast Beef Sandwich, meaning, like, she has a long labia. Like, why are we body shaming people's vaginas? Like, what are we doing here? Who who does that benefit? Um, So, yeah, I just, I think that's not great. And if, like, I question Olivia for accepting that. You know, like, I don't really understand why. I have a big, I question anybody that's willing to engage with this fucking insane fan base. I always will question their motives. Obviously, her motive is money. But does she have a motive? beyond money, like fame, attention, whatever it might be. Um, I also wonder why, I mean, I don't, like, she needs the money. I don't wonder why. I understand, but I have, so I I have to wonder if it's worth it because now she's, um, like, engaged the wrath of Janelle and David. And, I mean, she's had the wrath of them for a long time, I'm sure. But now they've gone postal Uh, supposedly people on Twitter are saying that she, that they had filed for visitation, custody of Caden. Here's the thing. We also don't really know what's going on in regards to Caden in custody. We know that visits were stopped after the 911 call with the collarbone incident because Caden was at the house that night. We know that Olivia was very much involved in the CPS case. Uh, We know that around the time of the CPS case, David had to pay like $6,000 in back child support to avoid going to jail. So he obviously is on child support, but hasn't seen Caden in almost a year. And I'm not really sure what like any of this means. Like I'm not sure if they did actually file for visitation. I'm not sure if visitation has been officially stripped. We don't really know a lot about Caden, uh, Olivia and David's like court. Issues and legal custody situation when it comes to Kaden So David and Janelle, of course, flipped out and were like, you know, posting their right, their average, like Olivia's a scammer, Olivia's whatever, 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 leaving her bad reviews at her barber shop where she works. Um, and then Janelle <laughs> posted the most insane thing in the world that I'm going to pull up in a better way so that I can read it for you guys okay this is really long I guess I'm gonna read it and like talk about it while I read it because I think it's too long to read the whole thing and then like go back and talk about the points I like okay so this is from Janelle this to me guys like chef kiss this post is truly why I've started following Janelle why I got into Janelle why I think Janelle is the star of the Teen Mom universe The level of delusion is so next level. The fact that Janelle doesn't realize she's describing herself is, uh, it's just a level of craziness that I'll like never really be able to understand. Okay, warning, going to share David's story publicly. Warning, long post. Since 2015, David has always been a loving father. (laughs) Okay, First off the bat, since David's been a father since like 2008, but I know what Janelle means. By the way, I'm going to do my Janelle translation here. I know what Janelle means is since David and I have been together, he has always shown himself to be a loving father. We've had arguments at times that went public and dealt with family issues, but... Through all this, he has always been a great and stable father. When I met David, I couldn't believe how hard of a worker he truly was and be able to be the first guy witness to take care of his daughter on his own. She showed so much love towards her father and was by his side ever since. When it came to Marissa and her mother, their relationship wasn't ever that strong. Her mother was always in and out of her life, and still to this day, Marissa has been through a lot in that situation and ended up in our sole custody in 2017. After our daughter, Ensley, was born, this was due to drugs on her mother's behalf. Okay, side note: It's kind of funny that she says like this was due. This was after our daughter, Ensley, was born. This is because of drugs and not realizing like I shouldn't put these two sen- sentences together because Ensley tested positive for drugs at birth and CPS was involved. When I first asked David about his son, Caden, he was very emotional. He explained to me that David and Olivia Ledham broke up due to her being unfaithful and abusive towards David. Olivia left marks on David's skin and would hang out with other men in their driveway while smoking marijuana in the car and David was sleeping inside. Okay, there's something so fucking funny to me about Janelle accusing someone of smoking marijuana. Iconic. That's incredible. Amazing. Um, Olivia thought it was also very funny to kick men's private areas and did this frequently to David and his friends. (laughs) It's just so weird. (sighs) David also explained Olivia had an excessive alcohol problem. Her problem was so severe that she ended up in Alcoholics Anonymous and has not been back to a class for years. Okay, Janelle's been to, like enough rehab and then meetings after rehab to know that AA is not a fucking class. So I'm not sure why she said that. Also, I had a few people commenting like David definitely wrote this, but I 100% know in my heart that Janelle wrote this. I can read, I can spot Janelle's writing from a mile away. Janelle 100% wrote this. I'm positive of it. Olivia would beg David to go to AA with her so she wouldn't be alone. David David would refuse, and Olivia broke up with him. Okay, first of all, like, I like that Janelle thinks that makes David look better. Like, if you're, the mother of your child has, like, a severe drinking problem and is trying to go to AA and, like, really needs help and, like, begs you to go, like, a supportive partner would go a few times with them, right? (laughs) One would think. Or maybe she was begging him to go because he was also an alcoholic. You know, just a thought. They then got back together. When Olivia got pregnant, uh, she kept the abusive behavior going. One day, David was home sitting in the recliner, and Olivia got in David's face to yell, flipped his recliner backwards, then started punching David. Olivia did all this while six months pregnant. She hurt her stomach and had to go to the hospital. Olivia told the doctor that she fell up the stairs. David was concerned about her story because he knew she was lying about the true story hitting David to cover herself. A couple of days later, David found out that Olivia had told her mother that he pushed her down when they were standing face-to-face in the kitchen and that she fell backwards on her stomach. I do not think that's possible unless you are a ballerina. Okay, the imagery? Like, Janelle, you're a fucking writer. You're an icon. (laughs) Somehow, all of her lies got twisted into David pushed her up the stairs. David was there for his son's birth in November of 2013, and they lived together with Caden until he was eight months old. At this point, they broke up due to Olivia's alcohol abuse and violent behavior towards David. She was staying up all hours of the night drinking liquor with her friends. They would be very loud and partying in the house while David would be sleeping with Marissa and Caden. David had to get up for work the next day. When David and Olivia broke up, she decided to go to the magistrate a week later and charge him with domestic violence, claiming he choked her— hit her with a phone, and said he would kill her. Of course, when they went to court, Olivia was called in several lies during the trial, including an admission that she lied in her original statement to the magistrate after being asked in several different ways. Her statement on the stand during testimony was, well, he didn't actually choke me. He didn't leave any marks. He just put his hand on my chest. He didn't actually throw the phone at me. He threw it on the pillow on the bed. David was found not guilty, with quotation marks, of all charges, Olivia and David took a six-month break from their relationship. At this point, David went to jail for charges he had years before any of this, and decided he'd rather do his sentence than remain on probation. After Kaden turned one year old, one years old, they decided to give the relationship another try. Okay, one point that I do want to make is that um, what she's saying is true-ish. I have no idea what happened in the courtroom. But it is a fact that David was found not guilty of domestic violence against Olivia. And it is a fact that he went to jail for six months for unrelated charges. Now, I don't know why he was found not guilty. I don't, maybe Olivia didn't even show up. Like, there's no way to fact check any of what Janelle just presented there beyond the outcomes, which are true. But I kind of doubt the rest of it is true because nothing in this is true. Olivia and David were together this time for four months when he learned that Olivia had several boyfriends within that six month breakup and was encouraged was engaged to a guy named Mike. She had dated another another guy named Tommy and had Caden calling him daddy. Those two men were after she broke up with a guy named Dustin. All of these guys she was with in a six month period. That's rich coming from Janelle. David tried to see his son after the breakup, but she kept Caden from David. David called her phone, no answer. He tried driving to her house at the time no answer. He tried calling her family. No answer. Then a few weeks later, David saw Olivia driving in traffic. He pulled up to her and asked her to pull over. They both pulled into a parking lot and got out of their cars. David immediately began to question her and asked why she couldn't see his son. She told him, don't do this. Let's not do this now. They both cussed at each other. David got his son out of Olivia's car, hugged him, then put Kaden back in the car seat. Shortly after the argument, they both ended up leaving the area and went their separate ways. A few days later, David gets served with a no-contact order, once again in quotation marks, placed by Olivia and also included his son. When they went to court, David was very naive, thinking he didn't need an attorney because nothing happened because it was just an argument. Turns out if you ever go to court with no representation and do not speak up for yourself and testify, you will automatically found guilty. Turns out, like, yeah, we know that. Also, David had posted something somewhere else saying that he didn't even go to court because he didn't think it was, like, real. So, who knows? Does not seem fair, but that's what happened to David. I mean, it seems perfectly fair if you don't defend yourself that you're found guilty. (laughs) Then, after the order was placed, David saw his son at the grocery store with his maternal grandmother. David couldn't resist and bent down and gave Caden a hug. When Olivia found out about this hugging situation, she filed no-contact order violation against David. A few weeks later, David then filed a petition to remove his son off the no-contact order, and it was granted. I mean, that's all true. Uh, Olivia still wouldn't allow David to see Caden, even though they had a custody order in place and he was legally allowed to have his visitation. That was David's firstborn son, in all caps, and she had no reason to keep him. David filed to go to mediation during the no contact order situation, and they both settled outside of court. Olivia claimed that she didn't want Caden at her home. I I don't know why she has in quotes, didn't want Caden. (laughs) At her home from the beginning of this session and also claimed that the TV show was all the evidence she needed. The court explained to her that you cannot keep a child from his father no matter what you do. That seems inaccurate. (laughs) Since then, Olivia has tried to build up a case against my husband off of hearsay for custody since I've met him. What a sentence. He's been falsely accused by Olivia more than once, and David has been found not guilty, or Olivia was in the wrong. Olivia had proven she was back to her old shenanigans, <laughs> well, the use of shenanigans there, dating and living with a guy named Sam, and had Caden calling him daddy also. She brought this guy to court, stayed at the gym and with him every day, but when she got pregnant by him, she decided that she was done in, with this guy and had an abortion. Then she immediately went back to her old boyfriend, Tommy, and once again, she ended up pregnant with Tommy, With Tommy's his child. So, like, exactly what you did with Cortland, Janelle. (laughs) You had an abortion by Cortland, then a minute later, you're pregnant by Nathan. We literally saw you do that on TV. Soon after, Tommy finds out she's cheating on him with Sam from the gym while she was pregnant and had to get a DNA test after her daughter was born. Don't forget, guys, Janelle had to get a DNA test with Chase. She had her new baby, girl, but that wasn't enough for him to stay with Tommy, quotation mark, daddy. Olivia moved on from her new baby daddy pretty quickly, even though Caden still insists that Tommy is his daddy. A couple months after that, Olivia met another guy named Jason, who she lived with in Jacksonville. They were engaged, and he told us they had big plans together. She then again cheated on Jason and ended up being an excessive alcoholic and on Adderall. She has had men in and out of Caden's life. She's had men in and out of Caden's life. Oh, I lost my train of thought because somebody... Hi, Katie Paisley. You just texted me. Um, She's had men in and out of Caden's life every other month for years and gets engaged to every single one. She's cheated on her men every time, then get abortions as birth control. Janelle mentioned one abortion, which is the amount of abortions she said. They jump around from house to house, renting different places, always getting kicked out, and she has to move back in with her mom's ex-husband. Not to mention coming after David for child support and lying to the court saying she doesn't make any money, yet all her transactions are on Venmo for hair grooming. Grooming is a funny word to use there. Instead of haircuts, hair grooming. (laughs) His payment is mind-blowing and insanely unfair. Olivia is now illegally asking for donations privately on her page for legal fees. How is that illegal? Even though she has a job and makes money 24/7, she acts like she is a single mom with no money but collects huge child supports from two different men and hides her income on Venmo. Venmo. This woman is not to be trusted by anyone. David has never in his life hit another female except for when he called 911 and said he hit you. Choke another person or abuse any of his children. He has been falsely accused of inaccurate behaviors and actions based off of social media tabloids and rumors being spread through people like Olivia. Or like the 911 calls that were like have your voice on them calling asking for the police to come to your house because you're so scared of your husband. You know, like those. I'm not writing this today to start drama. (laughs) That's iconic. She just wrote a fucking eight paragraph like open letter of every single thing Olivia ever did wrong. And then she said, I'm not trying to make drama. (laughs) I'm writing this today to spread awareness to David's situation since there are so many questions about his son. I also want to spread awareness about spouse abuse, in all capitals, from females, all capitals, father than males. Let me reread that. I also want to spread awareness about spouse abuse from females, father than males. (laughs) I also want to spread awareness on Mother, This is capitals. Mothers purposely neglecting their child from the father. What does Nate have to say about that? It's a very touchy subject and David doesn't like to discuss it, but he had the courage to speak out. Before anyone says anything about my home or situation, we have invited Olivia to our house to check it out and she refuses. No shit. David has tried keeping in touch with his son for months and Olivia refuses to even answer the phone or text messages, aka what she does to Nathan. He's ordered scheduled Skype sessions, and she claims Caden doesn't want to talk to you, aka what she does to Nathan. We have been investigated heavily by CPS, and it was dismissed for plenty reasons. Olivia knows this, but still tries to keep up the drama. She might have had her day in court against my husband, but there comes a time to tell both sides of the story. We know things have happened in the past to our family, and those are private issues that were never to be made public. David and I aren't perfect 24-7, but we will try our damnest to be the best parents we can ever be. Since having our issues, we have done co-parenting classes, domestic violence courses, anger management, and hair follicle drug tested. We did this voluntarily on our own. Will to be better people and move from our past. Oh, we did this voluntarily on our own will, comma, should be comma, to be better people and move on from our past. Co-parenting is about working with each other, not against each other. That Janelle Evans defining co-parenting for us is, I mean, that's like the most incredible. I will not put a, here's a typo. (laughs) Listen for the typo. I will not put Olivia down as a mother, but I will say she is not a horrible friend, girlfriend, employee, or wife. (laughs) You added an extra knot in there, sis. (laughs) Olivia led him, lead him, I don't know lead him, probably, is an alcoholic, cheater, drug addict, scam artist, and a spouse abuser. <laughs> David and I are very concerned with Caden's situation, being in and out of a different home every two months, uh, different men he doesn't know and having to call them daddy, being abusive towards men she dates, and her drug addictions to Adderall slash alcohol. And then here are the hashtags. Please pray for Kate, hashtag please pray for Kaden. hashtag justice for Kaden. hashtag team Eason, hashtag family first with some emojis, hashtag spouse abuse, hashtag AA, hashtag addiction sucks, hashtag say no. (laughs) That's so fucking funny. Okay, hold on. And then attached to that were a bunch of pictures, which I thank you to the user named um, Dora the Explorer, who sent me all those, because she's like, you have to look at the pictures, because Janelle posted this on Facebook, and I was like, oh, I've been blocked on Facebook for eight years at this point. So she posted four pictures, one of Caden and Jason, one of Caden and David, one of Caden and Tommy, one of Caden and Sam. So, like, although I swear the picture of Caden and Sam looks like Kaiser and Nate. I mean, look. Do I believe that Olivia is maybe a messy alcoholic who fucks too many guys around her kid? Sure. I mean, she was with David for multiple years and had a child with him. Where I'm sitting, it's unlikely that someone stable had a child with David. (laughs) You know, like, I believe that Olivia could be a messy alcoholic, drug addict, Adderall addict. But that doesn't mean that, like, Janelle is in the right. And my favorite thing about Janelle is when she posts stuff With, like, no comprehension that she's just laying out a case for why she's actually a bad mother in person. She's just using someone else's name. Janelle also posted... (laughs) (laughs) This is so funny. Okay, so it's, like, a grid of six pictures. And from... It's, like, just with writing on it, it's, like, drunk. Sympathy face. Drunk. Drunk. But then in the grid is also... A screenshot of the AA Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, um, she also posted some stuff like her Venmo, her GoFundMe, the Let Go app, which I don't really understand. Like, oh, she's selling stuff. Okay, she posted this thing on Facebook on September nineteenth. Who knows what year? Because there's no year, so it must have been screenshot at the time. I will get to that ten thousand dollars by November. Um, so who knows what that's about. Then she has some private messages with Olivia and someone else, I'm guessing maybe one of David's sisters. And this is in 2015. And Janelle wrote on it, hating since 2015, which is funny. And that person talks about selling a story on David and Janelle. And Olivia's like, Oh, shit, how much did you get for that? And then the her like, eventual, under, like, answers, well, you know, I'm going to court, so I can't mess with that. But, like, maybe once it's all over. And Janelle's like, look, she's uh, selling stories. It's like, no, I mean, she literally wrote, like, she's not going to sell a story. Olivia in one of these messages says, it's so crazy to me. He will never change. He's such a lowlife. He hasn't even filed visitation to see Caden. He's a waste. I pray for him but that's all I can do. He just wasn't meant to be a father. And Janelle wrote at the bottom, saying David's a bad dad but can't explain selling information to tabloids. And David, once again, to get money. And then also just like some other, her her criminal court record, which is just like driving without a license and like peeing outside. Not exactly hard-hitting, crazy stuff. Um, It's just so funny. It really cracks me up. David also made a GoFundMe as a response has like $65 donated to it with $50 coming from one person. I'm assuming Janelle (sighs) and the other donations are people being like, you have to read this. Fuck you. Which it's like, is that worth it? It wouldn't be worth it for me, but you know, we all have different priorities in life and yeah, that's it for the current Janelle drama as of Thursday night. I want to get into the mailbag now right after a quick break. Okay, let's roll. I guess I'll we'll start with the teen mom ones first. I don't know. I'll just go through. Um, from live.stitch. Are you friends in your head? A la Wendy Williams. Yes. <laughs> I don't have I talked about this? I used to w- listen to Wendy Williams all the time. She was on in Philly on Power99 from you know, like her afternoon show. And I listened to her all the time in high school. I loved Wendy Williams. Um, and my friend friend in your head is something Wendy Williams says. With any of the teen moms, no, absolutely not. Um, If anything, I'm enemies in my head with most of the teen moms. (laughs) Somebody asked, I want to know how you feel about potatoes and your favorite way of cooking, eating them, which is funny because I read that and like laughed and then walked into my friend Megan's house and her mom was uh, air frying potatoes for us to eat. (laughs) And I was like, wow, these are good. I don't care that much about potatoes I like French fry. I mean, I love French fries. Don't get me re- lo- wrong. Um, I like a uh, home fry, but not when it's like hash brownie. I like a home. Do, have you ever noticed that every restaurant does a home fry differently and it's stupid? Um, I like a home fry. I like a baked potato. I like potatoes, but I definitely, it's not something that I ever think about. Somebody asked me, why do I take five second breaks? Which made me laugh. Um... Especially if you listen on Patreon, you it's always an ad-free role. But I know sometimes I'll say I'll be right back after a five-second break. Sometimes I say, I try to say a quick break because um, that break is sent to my network. I'm on the ACAST network. And that is where they insert, insert in ads. I haven't done like an ad read in a while. <laughs> Leave me a review on podcast app so I can get more ad reads. <laughs> Um, but they add in an ad in that time period because I pre-record ads. I don't do like in episode ads or ACAST will add pre-recorded ads from other people, not like other podcasters, but like professional ads into that timestamp. And I like to do it like when I first used to do this podcast, I would just add a five-second break, and this is when I still read reviews, and someone was like, yo, stop putting five-second breaks or stop putting breaks, like, in the middle of you talking, and I was like, wow, true, so now I try and add that in. If I was really professional, I would add a little music there, but, you know, I don't do that. Okay, do you think they will, uh, this is from Illuminati Sunshine. By the way, the ad break one was Tamiel. I should have had people leave their f- real first name. Um, Illuminati Sunshine asks, do you think they will keep Mac McKee on the show long term? Do you think Janelle is really fired or are they just taking a break from her? Janelle, I think, is really fired for now. I don't know if she'll always be fired, but I think she is really fired for now. Um, Mack McKee, I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand anything they do with Mac McKee. I don't think ratings matter that much. Like, I don't think it'll be a ratings thing, but I do think people have responded well to her story with her mom and with this Josh drama. I hope she'll be back. You know, I I think she'll be back, but I'm not 100% sure. It's hard to tell. It's really hard to tell because none of their decisions around Mac McKee make sense, in my opinion. Okay, Nag. Ram Nagram asks, favorite reality or scripted shows that you're watching? Um, as I told you guys, I don't really watch that much TV anymore. <laughs> I watch a lot of YouTube, but I am making my way through Succession, which I mean, I like it, I guess. I'm almost done season one. I'm going to keep watching because everyone's obsessed with it. I really liked Euphoria. Really liked Euphoria. Um, I'm still watching Handmaid's Tale. Love the season finale. What else am I watching? I don't think I'm watching... I stopped Big Little Lies. I did not like this season of Big Little Lies. I think those are my main shows that I'm watching. And I'm always, like, doing a rewatch of random ass shows. Like, shows that I keep kind of in my regular rewatch rotation, like my background noise shows, are... Well, first of all, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but I basically fall asleep to Law & Order every single night usually SVU but then I'll get tired of SVU so I'll go to OG which I have all the seasons on a hard drive not all the seasons but like 17 of the 20 seasons. I think I'm missing two. Maybe just maybe I have 19. I think I might only be missing two. I've most of the seasons of Law and Order OG. I'm a real Law and Order head. It's very soothing to me, like very soothing to me. It puts me right to sleep because I think um The sound is really good on it. They don't do loud, then quiet. Um, they don't do a lot of heavy music. It's very consistent sound, if you will. And I've seen them all so many times. I can just, like, fall asleep to them. Like, as soon as it comes on, like, Law & Order is truly my lullaby. I prefer SVU, like, I guess. But I I really do love OG Law & Order. Criminal Intent is not canon, um... And I really only watch seasons 1 through 12 of SVU. Sometimes I'll venture from season 12 to 15. But as soon as Billy comes, I, like, can't, I can't stand it. I can't stand, like, let's make Olivia want to die in every episode or almost be killed. Um, So, yeah, those are, oh, shows that I have in the rotation. Like, I'm always watching old episodes of 30 Rock. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. I really, I've been watching episodes of The Mick recently, which is, uh, Caitlin Olson from It's Always Sunny had a two-season show on Fox called The Mick. It's on uh, Hulu, and I thought it was fucking brilliant. Caitlin Olson, who plays D on It's Always Sunny, is so funny. She's kind of playing another D in the show, but she does it so well. The show is really charming and endearing, and I was sad when it got canceled. Um, I constantly do rewatches of Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, uh, The Good Wife, I keep in rotation. Oh, I'm watching The Good Fight, except CBS All Access and I, like, CBS All Access literally would not let me cancel. I had the cancel link on their website doesn't fucking work. I swear to God. I called. I sat on hold. I emailed. I tweeted. It was a fucking nightmare. I eventually had to um, get my bank to stop payment and not allow payments from CBS All Access going forward. So I don't know how I'm going to watch A Good Fight when it comes back. I guess I'll probably... I don't know maybe I'll like get a CBS all access but through Amazon so when I'm having issues with it because you know how Amazon lets you have subscriptions to other things and it will let me cancel through Amazon but I re- I like the good fight a lot I love the good wife except the first two seasons are really the best and then it goes way downhill after the first two seasons but I I just like that show so I watched I rewatched The a good wife a lot um Yeah, I think that's it for, like, what I'm currently watching. I guess reality TV-wise, I know there's another questions about this. Uh, I do on and on, often on, watch Love After Lockup. I think it's funny. It's an easy show to watch. But I haven't, I didn't watch the newest season. Um, When it comes to other reality TV shows, like Bravo shows, I, you know, I watch Vanderpump Rules. But I don't really watch the shows anymore. I just listen to podcasts about them, which is, like, Deranged, but it's my truth. Okay, what the Nicole asks, do you think that these teen mom kids will do a tell-all of some sort when they get older? If they don't, like what are the fuck are we doing here? I used to have this thought, like, if I died or if I killed myself, like I wouldn't, I would die before Maddie Gosling from John and K plus 8 was able to release her tell-all, and that was like devastating to me. And I feel the same way about the teen moms. Uh what the Nicole also asks. Also, what's your long term plans for the podcast? We want you around forever. I don't know what my long term plans are for the podcast. I am planning on applying probably I don't I don't know. I guess I'll talk. I'm planning on applying to grad school this fall to get my MSW, my masters in social work. And I'm not sure I'm like gonna keep working through it. So I'm not sure how realistic it will be to go to grad school and have a podcast and work however many hours that I'm going to work and have some sort of life. um, So I don't know. I don't know what the long term plan. My plan is just to keep doing the podcast until I can't do the podcast anymore. The podcast means a lot to me. You guys mean a lot to me. The engagement on my Instagram, like talking to you all guys, all you guys mean so much to me. And I would hate to not be able to do the podcast, but the podcast is also a lot. It's not a lot of work, but it, it is a commitment. And it's <laughs> a weekly commitment. So I don't know if I, I'm accepted into grad school. I do go through with applying and then I get accepted. I believe that starts like I know it starts in May twenty twenty. Yeah. Oh my god, it's twenty twenty next year. Wow. In May twenty twenty. So I don't know. So we'll see. I I don't really have you know, I don't really have long term plans. <laughs> Although maybe like if I do go to grad school, I would um maybe switch this to an every other week podcast, do throwback episodes. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Katie Les asks, I want to know your thoughts on Kyler and Lexi's surprise baby. I forgot to talk about this at the top of the episode. Kyler and Lexi from TMYP had a fucking baby this week named Jay Wolf. By the way, he has Kyler's last name. Do you remember on the show she gave Tobias like her grandmother's maiden name or something? DeLuna? Uh, This baby has Kyler's last name. Uh, She said, I really wanted young and pregnant to keep following them. And I'm angry we don't get any info on the second pregnancy. Yeah, like, I didn't want them to still be followed, but I also didn't want them not to be followed. Uh, I think it's pretty cool that she kept her pregnancy offline. Um, Very Kylie Jenner. I don't know. I think, like, having a secret baby is chic. (laughs) Shout out, Natalie, if you're listening. (laughs) But uh, I just, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of a bummer we won't see them. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm 0% surprised that they had another baby so soon. Because there weren't really a lot of consequences for her having that baby, you know? Okay. Emma Coop says, oh, I want to know what other reality TV shows you're into past or present. I kind of went over, like, you know, what I'm not really watching that many in the present. But I can tell you, like, reality TV literally shaped who I am as a person my whole life Shows – I should have written a list down and prepared for this, but I didn't. But off the top of my head, like, all of early TV Bravo – I saw a tweet the other day that was like, what was the first thing you watched on Bravo? And I, like, genuinely don't remember. Like, I was an active Bravo head, like, pre-Real Housewives of Orange County because I watched the first episode of Real Housewives of Orange County when it came on TV. Like, I was into Bravo from the beginning. I would have to see, like – um a list of like what Bravo shows were on first. But like I loved all the old school Bravo stuff. Like remember working out with Jackie, <laughs> like sheer madness, which gave us Tabitha. I loved Tabitha and Tabitha takes over. But I liked so much stuff. I used to, remember um the look for less with Elizabeth Elizabeth Hasselback. I don't know why that just popped in my head. Oh I do. Because it was on style and I loved Jersey Licious. I loved Mob Wives. Of course, I loved all, you know, the classic. I love New York, um, which came from the surreal life, which I watched all of the surreal life. Um I loved all MTV reality TV shows growing up, especially the real world, especially the real world hold real world. As I've talked about on here extensively, like real world holds a really special place in my heart. I loved Intervention and True Life. And, uh, like, honestly, almost every reality TV show, like, I've seen an episode of it. The TLC shows, John and Kate, I'm a real Duggerhead. head. I don't know if people know that, but, like, I'm kind of a Duggerhead. head. It should surprise none of you. Um, like, the same way I'm a T-Mom head. Like, I, I hate them all. But I do follow along with the Duggars, Little People Big World, <sighs> Dancing with not Dance with the Stars, Toddlers and Tiara, like, basically, like I said, any, Sister Wives, of course, Sister Wives, any reality TV show that has been on in the last 20 years, I have either watched it, or I have, like, a working knowledge of it, I have an understanding of it, I was never that into 90 Day Fiance, though, but because... Anything that's, like, post-2014 or 2015, I'm not that into because I don't have easy access to cable in my bedroom. And so I'm not watching shows all day long in the background. That's the big difference. Okay. uh, Caroline Sar St. TP, I don't know, asks, what are your favorite podcasts? I trust your taste. And whenever you recommended a pod before, it's been great. I'm dying throughout the week. I need more content. Thank you. I appreciate you trusting my taste. I'm going to go through and tell you some of my favorite podcasts. I do want to say, though, that I am a really big audiobook head, as I've, you know, talked about extensively. I love uh, listening to series, like, long 15 or 20-book series, and then I'll, like, right now, I'm re-listening to the Molly Murphy series by Reese Bowen, and before that, I re-listened to Her Royal Spinus, which is the same one, um audiobooks that are light series are really good, like, background noise. So I'm just going to go through what I'm subscribed to and tell you ones that I really recommend. Um, 30 for 30 by ESPN has some really great series. I'm not totally caught up. Bodega Boys, I've been following Jesus and Mero for five years now. Jesus was on Chelsea Peretti's podcast back in the day, and I thought he was funny, and I've been following him on Twitter, and then following the podcast and watching their success has been, like, amazing. I think Case File is one of the better true crime um shows. I don't love true crime pods, as I've talked about, I think. But like the ones I like, I like, and I like Case File. Come Through Queen is so good for Bravo, and they talk about drive race, which I don't watch, but Come Through Queen is a great Bravo podcast. Um, if you're into drugs and stuff, Dopey is pretty good, which I've discussed on here. I really like everything iconic with Danny Pellgrino. Sometimes he's a little too positive for my, for my hatred, my hating soul, but he's so smart. He's funny. He knows his history and his facts, and I love his stories and the way he tells stories. Um, let me plug Gimme Pizza podcast about mary and Ashley, which I was on an episode. I'm going to be doing another episode shortly. This one I really want to talk about. Gym, it's called Gymcastic, like G Y G Y M C It is a podcast about gymnastics. I've Oh, I did gymnastics when I was really little. Um, My mom doesn't like me telling this story, so I'll tell it quietly. But I did it when I was little and they asked me to join the team and my mom wouldn't let me because she said she was too busy with work and couldn't drive me to practice all that time, which, you know, as an adult, I understand. But when I bring that up, she gets sad um, because it was a mistake that she made. But I've always been like casually into gymnastics because I did it as a kid and, you know, I like follow along during the Olympics and I decided I wanted to get more into falling gymnastics. So I joined the gymnastics subreddit on Reddit. It's just called gymnastics, you know, r slash gymnastics. And then I listened to this podcast Gymcastic, which is hosted by this woman named Jessica and this man named Spencer. And it's really incredible. They put out one to two podcasts a week, long, informative podcasts, or I know I would say I went in to this with, like, 11% understanding of gymnastics. I'm not like, a 38% understanding of gymnastics. I would like to be around a 67% understanding of gymnastics by the time the Olympics starts, but I'm following this, um, Worlds is in October, and then I want to follow all the way through the Olympics. So by the time the Olympics comes, I'm, like, really familiar with the team and who I'm rooting for. Jim Kossick is, it's just, it's, It's funny. It's good. Spencer and Jessica have really great chemistry. The sound isn't always great, but you know, either is mine. Um, They also just, they're feminists. They care about what's going on in the world. They really care about protecting the athletes. If you have any sort of interest in gymnastics, I really recommend Gymcastic. They recently did an episode that was commissioned, as they call it, about like somebody asked them to like explain the podcast and how it got started and talk about themselves. And I would say, I, I think they did that within the last month. That's like a really good entry point. A series I recently liked, Running from Cops, was really good. It's by the guy who did Missing Richard Simmons, which we all know kind of flopped at the end. But he did a six or seven episode uh, series on the show Cops and Live PD, which was really, really interesting. Um, Another one that has interesting episodes but isn't very good overall is Kitchen Table Cult. And it's by two people who grew up, like, in the Quiverful movement. One of the co-hosts is just so low energy and their sound is so bad, but sometimes they talk about really interesting topics, so I'll listen occasionally. Um, You know, Pod Save America. I've been listening to Alexis Nears, Alexis Haynes. Her podcast, Recovering From Reality, it's truly capital J, capital O, just okay, but there are little gems in there that are really good. Um, definitely listen to the episode with the Pretty Wild producer, the episode with her mom. She's really fucking good when she's talking about recovery. Uh, she's not so good when she's talking about the fact that she's (laughs) anti-vax. I've been into The Cut on Tuesdays. I think they're doing a good job with that. I like The Nod, which is all about black culture. Um, I think, oh, Who Weekly, of course. Nicole Byers, uh, Why Won't You Date Me? I love Nicole and she has one with, uh, Shashir, Shashir, I can't, I don't remember what her name is. I've only listened to one episode called Best Friends that I want to dive into more. Nicole Byers, like I don't love the idea of the podcast that it's about dating. I just don't really care that much about dating. I don't really date that much in my life. I don't really care that much about finding a partner. So but I just I love Nicole and I think she's funny. So those are podcasts. If you are like, wait, what did she say? Just message me and I'll I'll clarify. Okay. Um, Brittany Wise says, Why do you think young and pregnant is taking so long to return? I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. (sighs) Banana Kiss. I mean, I really don't know. I don't understand what MTV does with anything. Why haven't we seen Teen Mom New Jersey would be my question back to that. (laughs) Okay. Banana Kiss says, what is actually going on with Farrah? I haven't dove into this recent Farrah video that she posted, but I'm going to. And maybe I'll talk about that next week. I don't know what's going on with Farrah. I mean, like, in my heart, I know she's a high-class escort and she takes Sophia around the world with her Why she escorts. Um, I think that she's very mentally ill and really hates her life and herself and all of her behavior as a result of that. Okay, uh, Brittany Lauren asks, Which one of the T-Mom kids do you think will grow up to the, be the most well-rounded and stable and which one's the least? Um, I honestly think that most of these will fall on, like, exactly where we think they will like I think Chelsea and Macy's kids will grow up to be pretty stable I think uh Kale's kids will probably be mostly okay they'll have some issues but I think they'll be mostly okay uh Leah Shirley jury's out I mean I think Janelle's kids are gonna have a really hard time I think Leah's kids are gonna have a hard time um who else is on this show I think Caitlin and Tyler's kids actually might be okay (laughs) I don't think they're going to be great, but I think they might be okay. Um, Cheyenne, I guess, I don't know. I don't, we don't know her well enough to guess. Who else? I think Mackenzie McKee will probably be an early grandmother would be my guess. Uh, if she's as anti-birth control as her mom was. That will be interesting. I wonder if Mackenzie McKee will be anti-birth control like her mom was. But, yeah, I, I think that it's obviously, like, we have no idea what their trauma is, like, beyond what we've seen on the show. God only knows. And also, like, we don't know their brain, brain chemistry and all, and their a lot of their family history beyond, you know, just what we see on the show. But I do think the majority of the kids will kind of grow up predictably. The majority of them. I think they'll always be outliers, though. And that will be, like, based on which families have the most stable homes. Um, H. Himla says, can you tell us your addiction and recovery story again for newer listeners? She says, I'm not new, but I've only ha- heard you tell snippets. <sighs> And yes, one day I'll tell my whole story, but basically I, it just would take too long. But basically I was like addicted to weed and Adderall and Xanax and yeah, weed, Adderall and Xanax for a really, really long time, like a long time, like eight years maybe. And then eventually I got into heroin and I was only addicted to heroin for about eight months and I went into rehab about eight months into my using and that wasn't even continuous eight months. That's how quickly it took me out. And I've been sober ever since and that was five years ago. But yeah, one day, I don't know. I talked about this in the bonus episode on Monday, but it's like, I, I just feel kind of weird about telling my whole story, like sitting down and giving it a whole share because I do make money off this podcast. And I feel a little weird about selling my story and I know that like that's not what it would be but it does feel a little bit that way and as I've talked about before like I choose to break my anonymity when it comes to AA which is against an AA tradition and I do that because I believe that I'm able to help people this way and I think it's crazy for me if we're living in a heroin opiate epidemic for me to sit here and be like well I'm five years off heroin and then be like but it's a secret how I got there. I I think that's fucking crazy, but at the same time I do hold fast to a lot of AA traditions. As I talk about AA on my podcast, Um, I do believe in a lot of AA traditions, and one of them is like it's just not right to sell AA, and so I just have to figure out how to like give my share without making it a recovery story. I don't know; it's hard. It's really it's just in my head. It's all in my head, but it's just how I feel. Okay. Angie Eves says, how much longer do you think OG and 2 will last? Do you think they should trim the fat and combine the two shows into one and cut out the boring girls? I 100% think they should. I don't know. I think they each at least have two more seasons left, to be honest. Like, they're going to push this going for as long as possible. Okay, Megan FD. If you were on Big Brother type reality show with the following, Janelle, Vicki Gunvalson, Caroline Calloway. And Randy Huska, which ones would you include in your alliance and why? So I don't watch Big Brother, but I did used to watch Survivor. And I would want my alliance to be Vicky and Randy. Um, Because what I would do is I would pair as close to, Ra- like, get as close to Randy as possible. And then loop in Vicky. And Vicky Gumbelson from Real Housewives of Orange County, in case you guys weren't sure. I would loop in then Vicky from... Orange County because she's so awful and kind of push her to the front and I think she would bear a lot of the hate and Randy would be like so beloved and I would kind of fly under the radar and then I would get really far by flying under the radar. I remember when you remember Ethan from Survivor who had the curly hair. I remember he is watching an interview or something with him once that he won, I believe. And his strategy was to be the assistant coach. He was a soccer player because like nobody cares about the assistant coach. Like they like the assistant coach, but like that's really all there is to it. And they don't love, they don't hate, they don't admire. Like the assistant coach is just there and they're fine with them. And I think that would be my strategy. Okay, Rydog85, maybe some predictions on the future of the show. Who may leave soon from the show? And how would you rank who has better future for when the ride ends? Um, I don't, as I said, like, I don't really understand anything Teen Mom does when it comes, or MTV does when it comes to the show. So it's hard for me to rank it and predict it. But I would say that the people who be in the best financial state will probably be Macy... Maybe. I don't know. She's not good at pay her taxes. I would say Chelsea is obviously going to be in the best financial city. I'm not sure who's going to be in the worst. I would say Janelle. I think Kale is going to have a hard fall. We'll see. That one's kind of a hard one for me to answer. Someone did ask, would you consider adding a uh, team mom saying to your tie-dye items? Yes, except I don't know how to do that. I'm not a crafty person at all. For whatever reason, I've gotten pretty good at tie-dye. I've considered getting like custom patches to iron on, but I don't I don't know. I have to like look into it. I don't know how to make patches. I wouldn't ever write on the tie-dye t shirt. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like I don't screen print. Like it just it wouldn't be easy for me. But there might be official feathers in my hair merch coming like kind of soon. It's maybe. There's it's in the works. It's being talked about. And I think you guys will like the idea that we have. Um, Somebody said, you have to trade lives with one of the teen moms for 24 hours. Whose life would you choose? It's a full Freaky Friday situation. Probably Janelle, because I'm really curious about what her life actually looks like, if I'm being honest. Okay. Uh, Somebody asked, do you think any of the teen mom kids will wind up being teen parents by themselves? If so, who do you feel is most likely? Um, Yeah, of course. I think they, like, statistically, yeah. Some of the teen mom like teen mom kids are going to be teen parents themselves. I think, unfortunately, they're all at a risk. But I think Leah, being herself a third-generation teen mom, her girls are probably at the most risk for it. Also, for whatever reason, Aubrey. <laughs> I think Aubrey is at risk for it, just because of how Chelsea is. I've gotten a lot of questions if I watch Unexpected on TLC, and no. I just don't really care to watch it. <laughs> I only care about teen mom, like teen pregnancy in context of the show Teen Mom. So I don't care to watch Unexpected. You know what I mean? Lovely List says, what do you think about mainstream TV movie portrayals of addiction? I find your take on it really interesting. I think that like, I don't, I think it can be good and bad. I think that most of it is pretty unrealistic. I think Euphoria did really pretty good with like what it's like to be a drug addict trying to stay sober. Like there's this one line where... Rue is at a party with her friends and they're drinking tequila and she's like, and it's funny, even today, Jessie, like, who's been on this pod brought that up and she's like, it made me think of you. And it's true because Rue's like, one time I drank tequila and then I took like a perk and I blacked out for three days. (laughs) And her friends are like, oh, okay, like, that's definitely me. Um, I don't really know how to answer that. I I think it's a case-by-case basis. I think it's important to, like, desigmatize addiction, but I also think a lot of it shown on TV, like, is garbage. Uh, Down with Freckles says, were you a fan of Pretty Wild? And what are your thoughts on Alexis' work in recovery and podcasting? Yes, I was a fan of Pretty Wild. As I said earlier, I think her podcast is just okay. Um, And I think her work in recovery is cool. Um, if someone, I got a couple questions, like if I had to host a podcast about something other than Teen Mom, or if I would host a podcast about something other than Teen Mom, what would it be? Um, I, that's hard for me. I think that I wouldn't host a podcast about something other than Teen Mom. I think that I'm really good at hosting Feathers in My Hair because Teen Mom is something that I'm, it's like a very hyper specific topic that I'm very interested in but for the rest of my interests like i'm not i'm not so hyper focused in one thing that has refreshing content every single week that's like small enough that it can just be the podcast can just be about that topic it's actually kind of hard to pick a podcast topic cuz you don't want to go too narrow and then there's not enough to talk about you don't want to go too vague because then it's hard to come up with something to talk about every week I think that if I was part of another podcast or I had another podcast, which I won't, at least not why I have this podcast, most likely, um, I would like to be a co-host on somebody else's podcast. <laughs> like, I would like to just hop on the microphone once a week. They tell me what topic we're going to be talking about and we could talk about it. I could see myself, like, in another universe hosting, like, a Who Weekly type podcast, like, a celebrity-based podcast podcast where I talk about like the celebrity drama of the week, I could definitely like I keep up with celebrity gossip a lot, a lot, a lot. So I definitely could have like a celebrity gossip of the week podcast that's probably like narrow enough, but still wide enough. Um, and I think I'd be pretty good at that because I have this encyclopedic brain for all things celebrity gossip, which is kind of why I like Team mom, it, you know, fits in with that. But I don't personally see myself ever hosting or being on a different podcast. But yeah, it would probably be celebrity gossip related or somehow TV related. I don't, I'm not really sure what else it could be about. But if someone approached me and like asked me to join their podcast and I didn't have to do any of the work of besides like being on the mic, um, I would be maybe open for it. Uh, Some people asked me to talk about YouTube drama, which... Yes, I love YouTube drama. I want to talk about YouTube drama, but I just don't have time to talk about it on this episode. So, one day, one day, I will. Um, Especially, like, Trisha Paytas and the Vlog Squad. I should do another bonus episode on that. <sighs> Let me see what else is on here. Oh, if you had the chance to meet Janelle tomorrow, would you? Would you not? Why, why not? If yes, what would you say to her? I don't think so. <laughs> Honestly... I don't know. I don't think so. I've talked too much shit about her over the years because I know when I met Keelan and Tyler, I was like, I love you guys because I'm a fucking wuss. I don't have the desire to confront anyone. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care to confront anyone. It's just not my speed. It's not my, it's not what I'm into. So no, I wouldn't want to meet Janelle. Uh, okay, Ruth Ann is the man. I'm realizing I'm only reading half these people's usernames. Ruth is my middle name, by the way. Teen Mom, Amazing Race, cast has to be mixed up. up. Who are you putting on a team together and why? Can be trolls or true ability to be winning the team? Um, oh, that's a lot. I would put, I think Kale and Ashley Siren could be really good on a team together. I think that, uh, Macy, actually Macy and Kale would be, I would, I would put my money on Macy and Kale being a good Amazing Race team, even though I know Macy, like, short-circuited from Naked and Afraid. Which, by the way, you have to be fucking deranged to do Naked and Afraid. It makes no sense to me. Ugh. No. Someone wanted to know, <laughs> please rank how the team Moms would place in some kind of physical fighting tournament. <laughs> uh, I thought it was from Caitlin Rose. I don't know. I think, once again, my bets would be on Kale. Because I think Kale grew up fighting a little, and I think that she's big and she would be able to knock some of these people out. Oh, someone asked me to discuss my tie-dye journey because they're really enjoying it. I'm sure some people are like, don't ever fucking talk about tie-dye again. You want to block me on Instagram. But basically what happened was I was following this influencer who I'm trying to quit, but I'm kind of back fully on board. It's not great. It's not coming from a healthy place, my follow. Caroline Calloway, I did a bonus episode on her. She went viral back in January because she ran a big scam. She's about to write a Refinery29 on it, by the way, of which it's all going to be lies and I can't wait to see. But she, this summer, started selling these insane paintings. If you go to my Twitter, um, which is at B-E-N-T underscore L-E-Y, so at Bent underscore Lee, you can see I've kind of posted a lot about her. You can see the type of stuff that she sells, but she was selling these paintings in which she did watercolors and then drew boobs on them, but, like, the outline of boobs, which I'm sure you've all seen. If you go on her Instagram, Caroline Callaway, you can see. She was selling them for $80. Like, it was literally just a piece of paper. I was like, wow, this bitch is a true scammer. Then she started doing tie-dyes because she was, the way she painted the watercolors was kind of tie-dye-ish. So then she decided to make actual tie-dyes, and first of all, hers were not very good. She was selling them for $80 a shirt. I was like, that's fucking insane. But wow, I haven't tie-dyed since I was like a little kid. So I was like, wow, I'll, I'll tie-dye with my nieces, who I talk about a lot on here. It'll be it'll be fun. But then I wasn't going to see them for a while. And Fourth of July was coming up. And I was like, hey, Cousin Julia, which by the way, I love that everybody loves Cousin Julia, who I'm going to see. Well, probably not tomorrow night because I'll get down the shore late. But we already have plans for Saturday. My dear cousin Julia, I love her so much. I love you, Julia, who will never come on this podcast <laughs> because she is, it's weird. She's, Julie, she's gonna, I'm gonna stop talking about her in a second because I know she doesn't want me to talk about her in this context, but I would never consider her to be shy because she's so not shy with me, obviously, like she's the op- like the two of us together the opposite of shy with each other. But in general, she's like a shyer person than I am. And I think doesn't like the idea of talking on mic and people listening to her, which is crazy because she has great opinions on everything. I mean, she, won't we have the same opinions on everything, which is why she has great opinions on everything. And I would love, love, love for her to come on. But I think she does not want to come on. Um, if I Somebody on Twitter, Instagram said that Cousin Julia is like Heather Sinclair from Degrassi in which we like, that's her name right, Heather Sinclair, in which we like always hear about her but never see her. And that made me laugh. And Julia loved that because we loved Degrassi. But yeah, uh, so cousin Julia and I, it was 4th of July. And I was like, yo, we should tie, like, let me get a tie, like, I have this tie-dye kit. Let's tie-dye. And we did it. And it was like so fun. And I was obsessed with the results. And then I did it with my nieces. And it was so fun again. And so I've just like... You know, at first I wasn't – I was really not into the idea of selling them because I didn't like the idea of, like, going to the post office. And it was just, like, I didn't want to sell them for a price that didn't make sense. Um, But then I started shipping them out, like, to friends. And I was like, oh, shipping these isn't nearly as hard as I thought it was or as expensive. So I could sell these for a reasonable price. And if I buy the wholesale orders, I can sell – you know, I just figured out a way to do it. And it's been really fun. It's about to come. I'm going to do one more die, I believe, I still have some dye left, and I want to do some for my mom, and she has some requests. But I'm basically about to be done tie-dye for the summer because it's a summer hobby. (laughs) But I love doing it. I, like, do it with friends, and then they become obsessed with it. And it's like, I've never been good at any crafts. I'm not artistic at all. I'm not – I'm a person that likes art, but I'm not artistic. I'm a person that loves the way crafts look, but I'm not crafty at all. This is the first thing in my life that I've really – Well, it's funny, I make this podcast every fucking week, but it's just talking. This is like the first thing in my life that I've, um, like from, you know, start to finish, I am creating. That's not fair because this podcast is my creation, Liz, except that this podcast is your creation. But it's really one of the first things in my life that I'm creating and it's really fun and rewarding, except I fucking hate my washing machine. It's the worst washing machine in the world. It's an LG top loader. It's literally the worst. It goes uneven. It, it's my, a fucking nightmare. And so I also don't have a utility sink. So it's like hard to wash everything out. But I love tie dyeing. And it's really, really fun for me. So oh, and I wanted to answer one more non teen mom related one. I'm sure I missed some and maybe I'll go back and on a bonus episode and answer more get in more in depth. But it's kind of hard to do this like It's not hard to do this totally off the cuff, but I don't want to talk forever about one question. I got a lot of questions, but I thank you guys all so much for asking these questions. This is fun for me to do. Um, Down Freckles, who I believe is my girl Brenda, says, I would love to hear your take on Bam Margera's latest shenanigans if you're following him. I am following Bam. So for those of you who don't know, I'm born and raised in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I currently live about one town over from Westchester. I actually went to the same high school as Bam and I mean he graduated I think he's 10 years older than me so I don't like know him personally or anything but I've always you know followed him because Jackus was huge before that we would watch the CKY videos um Viva a bit like I just I liked the Westchester aspect of it all when Ryan Dunn died he had been drinking the night before at a bar that was literally like 50 yards away from the apartment that I was living in um, I've always followed the most of the Jackass crew, especially like, when, like Brandon Novak once he started getting sober, although I have thoughts on him as a professional sober person. But Bam basically has been a pretty bad alcoholic for years and years now. I guess when Ryan Dunn died, he really went off the rails, although I think it's obvious if you watch this old stuff, like he had a drinking and substance abuse problem before, it just maybe wasn't as bad. And he, I think, also has some serious mental health issues going on, He has been in and out of treatment, and he occasionally will just, like, go the fuck off on Instagram. He was really, really mad at his old best friend, Brandon Novak, who he helped go to rehab, I believe, I mean, a bunch of times, but Brandon, after, like, 20 treatments, multiple jail stints, finally got sober in 2015, 16, I think he has four, he probably has four years, so probably 2015, and um, he... Bam will, like, constantly get into these drunken states, go off on Brandon, um, go off on Stevo. All of his friends are always trying to help him. And he goes into treatment for a minute, then checks out. He was, like, begging Dr. Phil to help him. I would say go look at his Instagram. It's, like, a wild, dark, dark, dark journey. Also, Bam is still using, like, the F-slur, like... It's a real blast from the past, a lot of Bam stuff. I definitely don't like or respect Bam as a person, but he's an interesting alcoholic to follow, I guess. He is currently in treatment and is staying there for a while, supposedly. And my thought is that he is an alcoholic with way too much money, way too much fame, and, like, not – he – and it. I think that's so hard to get help. I think it's so hard to get help when you have all the money in the world and when you have a ton of enablers in this platform to get attention 24-7. I can't imagine getting help in that situation, and it's really sad. Um, He did post – I guess he has his phone for a little bit now. He did post a picture of him and Brandon and was like, this is my best friend. We're back to being best friends. (laughs) And, I mean, it's it's just sad. The BAM situation is sad. I don't really have much to say beyond, like, it's sad and it's really – hard to watch someone like in the depths of their addiction like watching like every moment of the depths of their addiction via Instagram like that's a wild journey like social media is wild and with that I'm out by the way I can't believe I didn't mention this at the top of the episode if you are in Florida (laughs) I'm praying for you I can't tell you how glad I am to be tracking this storm from Pennsylvania and not from Florida but as of now on Thursday night it's possible Category 4 is about to go right into West Palm Beach, where I used to live, which is very scary. But if you're anywhere in Florida, please stay safe. If you even have power on Sunday to get this, if you still have cell phone service, I hope this brings like a little calm, calmness to your life. Stay safe, ride out the storm. Let's just hope the hurricane isn't as devastating as it could be. Besides that, remember when I had to evacuate for Hurricane Irma, and then I like got on here and cried about being so scared. That I had to evacuate. It was literally the worst week of my life. I will never forget the feelings that I had before that hurricane hit. Like I still have a little bit, not PTSD. Like I joke that I have hurricane PTSD, and I don't, but like I still kind of now. I'm like kind of obsessed with hurricanes in Florida. Anyway, guys, have a good week. Check out my bonus episode. Come on my Instagram to look for shirts. If I sell some left on Sunday, Sunday isn't today when you're listening, I'll definitely repost them then. Keep an eye out. Have a good week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah. Giovanna for our logo head on over to our patreon page for more rewards www.patreon.com slash